The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Hello, everybody. Monday afternoon. Hour number two. You know, at this point, I'm usually going home and get me. Oh, guess what I did this past weekend? It was actually, you know, it was a good weekend because I may have lost pick six in thrashing fashion, but I got me mad in twenty. I've been feeling better since. Yeah, does that help ease the pain? It does. It does because then, I, like, I put you as like three foot nothing, and me as six foot nine, <laughs> and then I just crush you. I just absolutely. I mean, I murder you. You know, in fact, I actually kind of create you in the form of that. You ever seen the little giants? That little kid who's like wrapped up in bubble wrap or whatever it is when he goes out to the field. You know, the, the little nerd. What? I, I put little you, giants? Yeah, you ever seen the little giants? No. Yes, you have. Is this a movie? Yes. Oh, movie quiz is going to be fun. I've not seen this movie. Well, shame on you. We should have a movie night. So, anyway, it's kind of awkward when you invite me over. Why? Why do you have to be like that? Hey. Y'all. Some of the things that didn't happen over the weekend. uh, Fetch. We were talking a lot about the Aggies. They had their practices that are underway. Uh, Practices going for another 10 minutes or so up at USU. Uh, And there was some NFL news today. Uh, A couple things. Uh, Tom Brady. Getting a contract extension. Tom Brady having a birthday. Yeah, big breaking news. Tom Brady had a birthday. Yes. Wait, well, no, because it is big news, Eric. Because he is now 42. Which means if he completes all 16 games this year, uh, and he'll become the oldest player in NFL history to do so. So it is a big deal. And I am thrilled for Tom. Do you really think he's going to complete all games this year why wouldn't he because he's he's getting old okay anybody breathes on him wrong and he's gonna need to take time off really really so you mean the super bowl last year and and the one before that and the one before that where he played every single game and yeah you're you're right you're right I, yeah I, I don't know either man i'm <laughs> terrified well so he, he signs his contract extension yep um, Yummy. He, he could have earned or gotten a lot more money than he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but everybody's making this big deal about how how gracious he is to the rest of the team. Yeah. Then why does he still get what he's getting? If what, saying, what are you talking he, about? He's still one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league. He's the sixth highest. Oh, my hell. Okay, fine. You want to do this? Fine. We'll stands. Okay. Tom Brady's won six Super Bowls, right? He's six and three. That right. makes him. No, hey, don't talk. He's the winningest quarterback in NFL history when in regards to Super Bowls. But yet he's the sixth highest paid quarterback. Not one. Six. Not even two. Not three. Not even top three, Eric. He's sixth. And he's yet the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Playing for one of the greatest organizations in NFL history. And he's the greatest coach in NFL history. He's the sixth highest paid quarterback in... in yeah. I mean, it's... it's it, it is. It, it's stunning. Because you know what? LeBron James is is considered one of the best in the league still. And he's like 37 years old. But yet he wants $37.5 million for paying... For missing 26 games. So he can go Instagram himself of uh, a video of himself rapping to his kids. Or taking a... Or, or getting or going into down the, the layup line. Yeah, yeah, getting in the layup line. He, he needs to miss 26 games for that. So, yeah. Great players usually aren't unselfish. Mark no, Carmelone uh, wasn't unselfish. Jordan wasn't unselfish. Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. Uh, I'll put Draymond Green in there. Great players are not unselfish. Brady is unselfish. That's what differentiates Brady from everybody else. He doesn't need the money. He wants to win. He wants the rings. Uh, he, he's still got an $8 million raise. Um, but it, the, the extension, the, 
is a little deceiving because he, he. Oh my gosh! I'm just explaining what happened today. I mean, Please. A, the extension through 2021, the the last two years, really, there's not much there, and so. If he's going to still be around, he'd kind of need to renegotiate something at the end of this upcoming season. So it's just a little bit of a different contract, even though it sounds like it's this big uh, multi-year contract extension. Really, it's to pay him for this year, and then there's really nothing, not much there for years 20, 2020 and 2021. Yeah. Well, and then remember, it's a year-to-year basis. Like, if I mean, we're all kind of sitting on the fact that, well, if Brady wins the next one, he's going to be done. Um, and, and Brady keeps like upping that ante with the age, you know, Hey, I'm going to play till I'm 40. I'm going to play till I'm 45. I'm going to play till I'm 50. I'm going to play until I'm 75. You know, he just keeps, uh, you know, and I, I think at some point Bill Belichick will say, okay, enough's enough. We need to move on. Right. Which at that point I wouldn't blame him. But How- with the rules, the way the rules are in the NFL right now, it, you, you can barely touch a quarterback and you get a penalty. So I think this is, yes, that's true. I, I think you're going to see more quarterbacks. Being Absolutely. able to extend their careers like Tom Brady has. Yeah, no, I I would definitely agree with that. The 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 limits that defensive players have on quarterbacks is quite frustrating. It really is. You can't. You're right. You can't. If you shove them about a second after they release the ball, when you're in full speed and momentum's carrying there, it's a rough in the passer. I I totally get it, and and it is. But again, it benefits guys like Brady. It's going to benefit Rodgers. It's going to benefit Ben Roethlisberger. You know, but then also shows you how bad Manning really was when age got him. Because those roles were instituted before. In fact, he was whining so much. Him and Tony Dungy were having their binkies in their mouth and whining to the NFL so much that they got the rules changed because of the Patriots. So when they finally got what they wanted, you know, then it became untouchable. Manning still sucks. He he, he went to a Super Bowl. He went to two. One-one. And and no, he went to three. Yeah, he's been to more than just two. He's been to three. He's got destroyed in two of them. Okay, but a guy that takes his team to the Super Bowl, it's hard to classify him as horrible. He's crap. It was his defense who got him there the last two years. Okay, throwing, throwing, I mean, look, you and I could throw a better ball with our opposite arm than Manning could with his regular arm in those last two Super Bowls. I mean, they were duck flailing footballs. It was Peyton Manning with a noodle arm throwing a noodle ball and watching it get picked off and his defense have to come bail him out. Peyton Manning's overrated. So is his forehead. <laughs> I can agree with you on that second point. <laughs> but no, it's, yeah, I no, I agree. Uh, the, the Do con- you think that we're getting into a, uh, a point, or will we ever get there, but are we getting to a point where the money in sports has gotten so much? Oh, yeah. We're that some of that these point. players are going to be like, look, whether it's twenty million or thirty million or forty million, look, I'm taken care of. 20, yeah. tw- I mean, the bottom base level, some of these guys, it's so high. No, I'm with you. Or do you think that there's ego is such a big part of athletics? No, no, no. That I, there's going to be stars that say, <clears throat> I don't care. I am the number one guy. Or I, there's no so... way that guy gets more money than me. I don't care what stratosphere the the pile of money starts to reach. I don't care how much Scrooge McDuck you get wanting to swim around in your own money. If you and I think there's an ego point on some of these guys that there's no way that guy is going to earn more than me. So here's my thing and you are absolutely 110 spot on. Absolutely spot on. In fact I will go so far as to the saying and it's going to probably cause a lot of irritation in so much of that phone to your right is going to just buzz. But high school kids have that exact same problem. There's even no money involved. That's the crazy part. Even high school kids have this ultra ego caused by their parents because mommy and daddy think that they're the best player in the state of Utah when really they're like the fifth best player on the bench. And so when they don't get the playing time they want, they transfer them to another school. And they say, you know what, kid? You'll start at this school, and you'll get a chance to play sports here because, you know, the coach loves you, and so they're going to move them to Aunt and Uncle Vicky's house and, and have them live there for two years just so they can actually get some playing time. The same thing goes into professional as well, and money is more involved in this. So you look at players, you know, the whole, like, Harper Trout contract thing was so 
upendously ridiculous for how much they got paid. Just so much money that they could have used on the future of the franchise, but they spent on one player. And as we have seen, in fact, I'll rephrase that, I have yet to see those kind of contracts work out for any player. Or, or for a franchise. For a franchise, yes. There you go. Thank you. For a player or for the franchise. And, and I mean, so in high school, yeah, mommy and daddy getting you transferred to a new school will work. Great. Wonderful. But when it comes to college or a pro or whatever it is, when they get up into the pro or college rank, mommy and daddy ain't there to save you. And you're going to find out how worthless you might be as an athlete. Well, I, I just I wonder that, and I think we see this, I think we're starting to see this a little bit in the NBA but I wonder in, in other sports now, the, the money in, in sports, professional sports, has gotten so high that and some of these contracts have gotten pretty so ridiculous. But at what point did these guys say, look, I'm $20 million, $25 million? That's, that's crazy money. Yeah. And, and if you can say, look, I'm, I'm fine taking $20 million. I don't need thirty-five. How many other players can you go out there to get to help your roster? How much do you want to be the highest paid guy versus I want to be a guy that's taken care of, yeah. but on a team that's going to go do something? Yeah. So and and then that's where that's where the conundrum kind of comes in with a lot of basketball players is that I I want to be the highest paid guy in this position, and it does happen in the NFL too. I think Rodgers wanted that high, high kind of money. I know Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Earl uh, Chancellor or whatever his name was from Seahawks, he wanted that kind of money. Richard Sherman in that situation. The thing with, like, for example, the Patriots, it's if you want that kind of money, go get it somewhere else. We'll find someone to replace you who's cheaper and is younger and probably going to be just as good. For example, with Tom Brady's New Deal, you've already heard, the, the provision and the kicker to it all is that it doesn't allow New England to franchise or transition tag him for the 2020 season. The problem with that now is that the hit for Brady is that if he leaves the team after 2019, will be about $13 million. And I think it's Albert Breer, I believe, who reported that the team turned his $14 million from 19 into $1.75 million salary and then converted the balance to a signing bonus of $20 million, which goes over three years. It's about $6.5 million, give or take. But it, it, it will hit, let's see. Yeah, but the balance finally kicks in at about 2020 if he leaves. So that's $20 million. So really, like everybody's like, well, yeah, he's helping the team out. If he leaves in 19, it actually hurts the team because then they have to pay him that bonus money. So <laughs> it actually, I mean, it's nice now, <clears throat> excuse me, but in 2020, it could hurt if he ends up retiring. So there's always those little, like, you know, subtle stabs that you don't see in a contract. That would be one of them, and I and I totally agree that players are always on the lookout for themselves. Brady, I mean, it kind of helps that his wife is a billionaire or a millionaire or whatever she is. Uh, it, it doesn't hurt in that regard, but uh, right. I mean, she's a supermodel that makes a lot of money on doing her thing. Yeah, but e even if she didn't, I mean, Tom Brady's been in the league long enough, making what he makes. I mean. Does he really need that much money to get well, put and, food on the table for his kids for the next 40 years of his life? Well, yeah. Do you know how much avocado shakes cost these days? <laughs> I mean, no. And, and he's got one of the best-selling books, TB12 Methods, still sold out on Amazon.com. I mean, it's one of the most high-selling books on there and on a lot of other bookstores. He's still got his TB12 business. He has kind of a future plan ahead of him. So guys like Kim, guys like Manning, guys like Rogers and Ben Roethlisberger will not be hurting after retirement as so long as they're smart with their money, um, which I would imagine they will be. They're pretty, you know, they, they have very small circles, circles with trusted individuals. Um, yeah, it's not always a guarantee. We had no. this story just the other day. Uh, who was it? it was Adrian a, Peterson of the Yeah, Redskins. former running back. He yeah. Basically, he's bankrupt. Yeah, and he blamed his family for it, too. Yeah. Blamed his family he, and he bad investors. millions and, of dollars. Yeah, got some, bad, uh, got some bad info from some bad people and... And got himself, to, and that's what I'm saying is even people who have that kind of money are so sticklish with who's a part of their group. Brady's one of them. Brady is very, 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 and because he said he, and he never went into detail, but he said he learned a valuable lesson when he was younger in the pros 
um, trusting somebody, went south very quickly, got him out of the group immediately, and, and you know, started in a new direction in that regard. And I think so. Sometimes it's more trial and error. You learn, you know, who you can trust and who you can't. Kawhi Leonard's another guy who maybe has three people in his group outside of his family. <laughs> Just because they want to trust. a very trust. small group. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, but that's what's really worked. That's what's really worked for those guys is small groups create less hassle. And uh, I mean, as you can see with many athletes, Kurt Schilling, Adrian Peterson, um, Terrell owns actually just a lot of financial issues because they had such a big group. Right. They have this big entourage and they've, they're all looking for something. It's a problem. Uh, so anyway, interesting discussion with what's gone on with the NFL contracts and in the NBA as well. And speaking of which, well, let's get into some of the movement that's happened in the NBA. It's created some new duos uh, and uh, some of these uh, all-stars pairing up, whether it was free agency or in trades. And so we'll look at some of the, the new duos in the NBA. I'm so excited about that, by the way. And then looking at some of the current duos coming back and oh, kind of comparing. I'm so excited about this. So we'll get into that. Also update you on what's happening with Team USA. It seems like... Every day it's something new with who's going to be there and who won't be, uh, which may be good news for Donovan Mitchell, but maybe not necessarily a guarantee. So we'll update you on that as they start to report to Las Vegas this week as they prepare for the FIBA World Cup, which will take place in Asia uh, early part of next month. So we'll update you on that. And Carmelo Anthony, an extended interview over the weekend. Maybe you saw some of the news, some of the reports about uh, whether or not he has a place in basketball anymore if his career is over uh he seems to think he's still got more time left in him uh but does he will he be willing to play the proper role to make that uh, a case so we'll discuss that coming up next here on the full court press the full court press connect with us on facebook twitter and online at 1069thefan.com Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, Full Court Press, a 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Season two is underway already. Two-hour show. Back hey, at it again. Hey, I want to ask you, did you get a chance to watch the Hall of Fame at all? I don't know if you're into that stuff no. at all. So, it's interesting. Ty Law, the New England Patriots, gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, but he's only the first player of the first Patriots dynasty to, to make it. So, Teddy Bruschi, Willie McGinnis... Uh, Ronnie Harrison, um, Lawyer Malloy, just these names that come out of my mouth were part of the first Patriots dynasty. And you're like, well, yeah, it's a you know it's the Patriots dynasty. You're a Patriots guy. Well, no crap. But I mean, when, they won three Super Bowls in four years, and they did it against the 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 greatest show on turf, the Rams. They did it against a physical, brutally tough Panthers team, and then picked the lose against the Eagles. They beat them in pretty dominating fashion. Though the score was closer than what the game really was, and it's it's almost a shame that some of these players are being held out. And I see some of the players that are getting in, and I always kind of wonder. It's 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 sad. I was just I was just looking at this thing. I was watched Ty Law's speech, and he mentioned those guys that I had just mentioned: Willie, T- uh, Ronnie Harrison, Teddy Bruschi. You know, the captain, Teddy was the captain of a defense that won three Super Bowls in four years. But he's not in the NFL Hall of Fame because who, I mean, God knows why. I, don't, I mean, I, it just, it doesn't make sense. And so I've always wondered what's a bigger joke, the MLB Hall of Fame or the NFL Hall of Fame? Because I think it's a coin flip right now. Really? Yeah. The, the MLB Hall of Fame. I've is, always felt like Major League Baseball is, is pretty petty. Oh yeah, they no, came up with I really petty reasons why. So agree. Outside of oh just, my gosh, were you a good player or a good coach? They come up with all kinds of other reasons to keep guys. Mark out. McGuire and Sammy Sosa saved baseball when baseball was laying on his deathbed in '98. People were sick of seeing the Yankees and Braves, and baseball was really at a low point. And then McGuire and Sosa went on this home run chase for the ages. Ken Griffey Jr. was just lagging behind on a wagon, but he was still in it, and and it saved baseball every day. You weren't looking to see if you know your team beat this team. You're looking to see did Sammy get two or did McGuire get two? What's the run look like right now? And and I mean, it was Barry Bonds was one of the. I mean, look, he if he took steroids, he took steroids. That guy had about as pure a swing as you could ask for. I mean, he drew the most walks in MLB history. 
There were there were teams walking him with the bases loaded. Well, he'd walk up to the plate wearing like armor. Yeah, half his body was covered in like he ran down to the local medieval shop and. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, up. But, I mean, but Kurt Schilling, the bloody sock. I mean, yeah. he goes and throws a terrific and incredible game six of the ALCS. Needing a win, one more to get into Game Seven. Tremendous career, even when he yeah. was at Arizona. With Diamond, Diamondbacks. He's co MVP yep. in Game Seven. But they just World don't Series. like his the way he talks politically. Yeah, but I mean, since when did I mean? It, see, yeah, exactly. What's a bigger joke, the NFL or the MLB? And I honestly, like, I used to always think it was MLB by far and above. The NFL is getting there very, very quickly. So. There's my spiel. Okay, let's talk another Hall of Fame real quickly as a transition for our okay. next topic. Let's is, do it. Is Carmelo Anthony a Hall of Fame player of the NBA? Yes. Uh huh. I know. I know. It's 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 crazy. Um, in fact, when I said Carmelo Anthony was an NBA Hall of Fame player, someone else said, "Well, that means Matt Ryan is of the NFL." You know, uh, a lot of playoff. It's interesting comparison. Yeah, it, it is, and 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 they point out to say, "Look, he went to the playoffs a lot. Great." Matt Ryan went to a Super Bowl, had a 28-3 lead, and lost it. Carmelo Anthony saw the championship, never saw the finals, no. and then destroyed two different teams in so much that he didn't even make it after that. In fact, he's, I mean, the, the story's going to go on. I, I would say Carmelo Anthony, though, is a Hall of Fame player. Ten-time All-Star, okay. six-time All-NBA player, mm-hmm. uh, was the scoring champ a couple different times. Oh, nine, right? Uh, most, the most recent one was 2012-2013. Averaged 28.3 points per game. When was his first one? Uh, da, 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 da. Maybe that is the only one, actually. Really? I have to double-check that. Oh, wow. But he is the only three-time Olympic gold medalist in men's basketball history. Hmm. And he was vital part of all three of them, by the way. Yes. So, besides the debate about whether or not he's a Hall of Famer, um, I tend to think that the NBA uh, bar that you have to to hurdle to get into the Hall of Fame is a little low, but I can see reasons why he could be considered for a Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. But uh, is he a, a, a player that can still contribute in the NBA today? Oh, man. Now you're... Regardless of talking about his future, yeah. can, is he, can he be on a roster and help a team today? After about 10 games with the Houston Rockets last year, they said enough with that they idea. They basically huh? fired him, and he felt yeah. that's what they did. And he, it messed him up emotionally and messed with his psyche. Uh, but since then, he feels like well, he says he's been, he's been in the gym every day, and he feels like he can still play. Here's the thing like, it messed with his emotional and psyche. No, dude, it just it, it bent your ego, which was so above your head. That you thought you owned the New York Knicks. You thought you were the best thing that ever happened to Houston. And then Houston turned around and said, dude, we can do without you and do just fine. And they did. I don't think Carmelo handles them get to the finals. I can tell you that right now. But could he help a team? Yeah. A playoff team? No. He'd probably ruin LA Lakers. He would definitely ruin the Clippers. He wouldn't help the Rockets. He would be horrible for the Jazz. A non-NBA playoff team, absolutely he could help. Here's the thing: if if in my mind, if Carmelo Anthony wants to play in the NBA, he needs to be satisfied with coming off the bench because he demanded to be a, a a starting player, and he got all pouty if he if he came off the bench. Yeah. So and if he didn't play closing minutes, so if he wants to contribute still in the NBA, which I think he can, I think he could still give a team fourteen to eighteen points a night, and for some teams that'd be great. But he has to be willing to be a rotation guy, come off the bench, and understand that opposing offenses are going to search him out because he's so weak defensively. If he can find a place where there is a good uh, line of defense behind him and they could use him just as offense coming off the bench, he'd be good. He'd be, I think, a, a... Contributing part of a second unit that could help a team. Yeah. Uh, but I, you think you're right. It has to be the right situation. It has to be the right situation. And the way the West is loaded up right now, I don't think any team wants Carmelo. Really? If, if I'm the Charlotte Hornets, I'm looking for something to bring people to my <laughs> arena. If I'm the. Yeah. 
I, uh, I don't know if I want to say the Orlando Magic. I, I was thinking Miami Heat. Miami Heat? Would be another team that could be of intriguing option. Uh, Even Minnesota? Minnesota would be another team. But I, but then again, I just look at a list of teams that would not take him. I know for sure 100% would not take him. And I've talked to a couple people about it, and they said absolutely no way. They said there's no way that he's going to make an NBA roster. What's more stunning to me, though, is this. And we're going to get into this FIBA Cup team in just a moment. But they have lost player after player after player after player who are just dropping out like flies. Carmel Anthony, as you've already mentioned, is a three-time Olympic winner. The only one in Team USA history. But when the phone is being picked up and they're dialing numbers for looking for NBA players, Carmelo's phone isn't ringing. That tells you a bigger statement than anything, Eric. Jerry Colangelo, who's the, the, the main guy, yeah. who's putting this team together. Yep, director of operation for it. Yep, he's good. Great job, too. Yeah, the question was asked about Carmelo Anthony. And he said he hasn't even considered. Really? Carmelo Anthony's out there. He's been a good international player. Would you add him? Didn't even think about him. Uh, <laughs> that tells you all you need to know then. Colangelo said NBA free agent Carmelo Anthony, who has been a USA basketball standout in the past, was not considered for the World Cup roster. I mean, he is getting older too, but dude, even older, you still take him as leadership. But hey, if they're not even considering him, that I think <laughs> you know everything you need to know about this about the situation Look, it's now. Not like I'm anti Carmelo Anthony, that no, I have no, some not beef not, against this not. guy. I just his skill set. He's a he's a pure scorer, and there are teams that could you could really use that. But what he does to a team. If he has found himself in a different mental space than where he was uh, end of last year and coming into the 2018-2019 season, mm-hmm. if he has evolved himself emotionally where he can handle being a rotation guy coming off the bench, I think he could help a team. I think there's several teams out there that he could play a significant role and they'd be happy to have him. But if he thinks he's going to come in there and be a starter... Uh, and even say, even at Houston, he said, I'll do whatever I need to do to help the team. But it clearly wasn't working out. And just a few weeks into it, they said, eh, you know what? Just don't come to practice yeah. anymore. Yeah, right. No, it's, yeah. Because <laughs> here's a guy that wanted think... to be a starter. He wanted to play closing yeah. minutes. And like, no. We saw what the Jazz did to you yeah. when you were with Oklahoma City. It just, it doesn't. It doesn't do you remember sense. that games one and two where they were like, hey, I mean, it was almost the same thing with Goran Hayward, but they were just doing it because they knew the skill of Carmelo Anthony. Like, even Joe Ingles, I remember this, clear as day. Joe Ingles comes on the far side of the court going right to left, and this was about with about, no, this is like early in the game, I think with like eight minutes going in the, in, on the clock in the first quarter, and Joe Ingles on the far side of the court, cross, as soon as he crosses half court, they call a screen to get Carmelo on Joe. And Joe and like and then when they show the replay, Joe smiles. He looks over and he's like, "Oh yeah!" <laughs> looks his chops, goes right side, gets the layup to go. Donovan Mitchell takes the ball down and he looks over and he he's not even across half court. The so next possession, not even crossing half court, screams over to Favors, who for whatever reason has Carmelo on him, gets a switch. Everybody's like, "Can I have my turn, please?" And you, and you see Billy like screaming, "Help! Help!" And no, help never shows up, and Carmelo gets burnt. And you're right. It was everybody just taking their turn. Quinn Snyder called that play like six times in game two because he just knew, just knew how, I, I mean, a liability Carmelo was on the court defensively. And my goodness, that just torched Oklahoma City where they were like, all right, by game three, he was playing like three minutes a game, and they were like, dude, you, you're no good well, for us. Well, he would contribute during the regular uh, – He'd play more minutes than that, but he wouldn't see time in the fourth quarter. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, sure, three minutes. But yeah, what I'm saying is, that, I mean, it diminished a lot. Yes, yes. I mean, Carmelo felt like he was playing three minutes a game. He's like, come on. And then fourth quarter, when you're, you know, up two with six, seven, eight minutes left, I think Quinn Snyder and his bench were looking down for Carmelo, and, well, he's not coming in. You know, and, I, I you know, of course, they're kind of hoping he would. He didn't, but... Yeah, I just they torched him, and they and then when Houston cut him, 
You, I mean, look, when he went to Houston, I said, why? What in the world are you absolutely thinking? And then what was it, like 10 weeks later or 10 days later or whatever it was? <laughs> they knew. They knew. Unbelievable. Yeah, it, Unbelievable, man. If, if he's willing to be a spot-up shooter, if he's willing to be uh, somebody who's not the main focus, if he's willing to be somebody that can lead a, a, a second unit, then yeah, I think Carmelo Anthony still has some years in him. I think he's got some points in him. Uh, but it's got to be in the right system where he's got help behind him. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, he's just going to be this huge liability defensively. But maybe some teams, they don't really, you know, it doesn't bother them that much. But uh, anyway, so that's an interesting discussion with uh, uh, Carmelo Anthony and what he's doing, uh, where he thinks he might go, still trying to make, make his way to the NBA. Uh, and, and be a part of what's what's going on. Uh, incidentally enough, Vince Carter signing another uh, yeah for another year. It's his Atlanta. final year, is that right? He's done after this. Pretty much making it known it's going to be his final year, and that was a, a record setting uh, would be a record setting deal for him. That's I mean he should have been gone four years ago. I like, love the guy like Tom Brady, forty two years old. Yeah, but Tom Brady was winning championships. Vince Carter is, I mean. <laughs> Vince Carter hasn't really been that productive on the court for either for any team for a while. It'll be an NBA record 22nd season for Vince Carter. Wow. Well, you know so what, So will though? he be a Hall of Famer? Oh, dude, yeah. That dunk contest in 1999 is still one of the best dunk contests. Well, is the best dunk contest I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, man. He's, he set the world on fire in one night. And, and what he did for Toronto... And look, like Toronto, like won a championship in all, you know, first time with Kawhi. Great, Vince Carter was part of that inauguration, and brought that team to a very new height that Toronto had never seen in their basketball. So yeah, he's a Hall of Famer because Carmelo Anthony's numbers are far superior to Vince Carter's. I said Carmelo's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, uh, just when you look at the two of them, if you were to compare. Yeah, but I mean, look, I mean, Carmelo Anthony's a shooter. I mean, he'll. He'll shoot 40 times out of 50 and feel like he had a good night. You know, uh, Vince Carter played it differently. And he had, like, McGrady on his team. He had, he had a pretty good team, too. So Yeah, when he was with the Nets, that was a good team. Yeah, Jason Kidd went to the Kidd. finals and he got destroyed by the Lakers. Interesting stat about uh, Vince Carter. If he plays a game in 2020, okay. which we'll be remains next healthy this yeah. season and makes it – through the end of December and plays a game in January, he will be the first player in NBA history to appear in a game in four different decades. He was a rookie of the year in 1999. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, he oh was my in the 90s, gosh, man. Early 2000s, the, the, the teens, and makes it into 2020. Then he'll be the first player in four different decades. How many teams has he been on? I know he's been on, I mean, it's the Hawks, Nets. Raptors. He was on the Mavericks. Memphis, Mavericks. Is that five? Five and four Yeah, not Dakers. very many when you consider the length yeah, of his Yeah, four Dakers. Yeah, it's true. All right, coming up next to the Full Court Press, we'll get into this Team USA with FIBA World Cup is uh, not that far away. Donovan Mitchell has been invited to participate and uh, look at the, the roster as it's shaping up as more players have backed out. Who was going to be there? Players who were thought were going to be just practice guys now might be playing more significant roles. And uh, looking at the other the field, uh, what's out there for FIBA World Cup? What are the teams to watch out for? And then also with the movement that's happened in the NBA, what are some of the best duos in the NBA? Either the new ones that have come together because of trade or free agency or existing ones that are coming back for another run for this upcoming season. We'll discuss that next on the Full Court Press. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, it's the Full Court Press. Four to six every weeknight. Full two hours and you can also stream us online, 1069thefan.com. That's where you can also find podcasts of past episodes and uh, all kinds of fun stuff there. So go check it out. Um, the Team USA getting ready for a FIBA World Cup, which will take place in China. Uh, the, the team originally 
invited about what thirty five different players, yeah, to be a part of the team, yeah, and they need to get it down to twelve. There need to be a twelve man roster. Well, they're not having any problem with that, but by <laughs> just natural attrition, uh, there's been a lot of people withdraw. So. Of the original 35, 30 have already withdrawn from World Cup consideration. Oh, jeez. Here are some of the reasons. Pending fatherhood, injury rehab, filming a movie, preparing for a long NBA season. Uh, Some of them are going to be traveling internationally anyway for preseason games, and so you'd have to go do international games in Asia, Asia, come back, and a few weeks later go back to, to, some of them back to Asia, or preseason games, or season openers. So, a couple of different reasons why guys aren't aren't participating. Here's the thing: like, when did that start kind of becoming a a reason? I mean, do you remember back in the day when Carmelo Anthony, Allen Iverson, Dwayne Wade? I mean, all these guys were willing to absolutely go play for their country. Now it's like I'm trying to find any excuse, if at all, to get out of here. Well, there's a couple of reasons too that that it's been pushed back. Uh, the dates of the FIBA World Cup encroach upon fall training camp for these teams. These yeah. guys don't have much downtime between the yeah. two, and it used to be an every other thing, every other year thing. You do FIBA World Cup one year, next year you wouldn't have to worry about it. Yeah, uh, and then the following year you'd be the Olympics, and then it would go back in that kind of a cycle. But then it got pushed back. And so it's FIBA World Cup this year and then the Olympics next. So basically, if you're going to do it, you have to commit to two off-seasons of playing international ball in a row. So I can get that that can be problematic for some guys. It's, sure. But if we go there and, and we lose, it's, we're going to have a bigger issue than guys just dropping out. Um, and it would... Well, then I think that might be part of it too. Is it's kind of this uh, recency thing. We, we've these players, as they've been following international ball, Team USA has been dominant. Yeah, and they forget that several years back, uh, that wasn't the case. Um, Argentina uh, beat Team USA. Greece beat Team USA several years back. So, uh, but since then, it's kind of been revamped and better attention. And uh, the Americans have played very well internationally. So it may be that they're becoming a little lackadaisical that Team USA just walks in and takes care of business. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you'd hope that'd be the case. But when you got guys like, I mean, the list is bigger than this. But, I mean, we're looking at Damian Lillard, Durant, Westbrook. Um, Harden. Harden. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis. DeMarcus Cousins, I don't think he's going to be in it. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, I don't think is going to be in it either, even though his head coach is the coach of the team. There's, I mean, it's just, man, I don't know what they're going to do. Kind of actually starting to get worried. Anthony Davis won't be on the team. So now you're looking at guys like Mason Plumlee, Thaddeus Young. Harrison uh, Barnes. Harrison Barnes. So, Dude, I, I mean, I hope we don't screw it up, but I'm not really all that positive or optimistic. So right now, guards who are on the roster still. Walker, Mitchell, Lowry, Marcus Smart, De'Aaron Fox. Left, who left as a guard were Damian Lillard, T.J. McClellan, Bradley Bill, DeMar DeRozan, James Harden, Eric Gordon. Wings, you still have Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Harrison Barnes, Sadis Young, Kyle Kuzma. Those who have said no, Tobias Harris, Paul Mills, have J.J. Redick, Montrez Harrell. I mean, and bigs, you have Anthony Davis, Kevin Love, Andre Drummond, and Julius Randle, who have left. Mason Plumley, Bam Abdiayo, <laughs> Brooke Lopez, Miles Turner, P.J. Tucker. These guys are going to get absolutely lit up by Spain. Can I, I mean... It, well, here's the thing, though. Come on. That being said, international ball, if you get some... It's kind of like the NCAA tournament. Yeah. If you've got some, some dynamic guards, you'll do well. Yeah. And you'll go far. And the, the guard play, while there's some guys that could be in it that aren't, the guard play is still pretty good for Team yeah. USA. Kemba, Mitchell. Because right now, when I look at that roster, I would say... I'd say Walker and Mitchell will start. I dare say that. Kemba Walker will for sure start. 
either Mitchell or Lowry, but I'm guessing Mitchell. If he can have a good week of practice. I think that starts, what, this week? Yeah, they're starting to report to Las Vegas. Yeah, if Mitchell can step up and be really good, then I would say Mitchell's going to be on there. And I think that's on ESPN, too. That'd be sweet to watch him play. Uh, I would say, I just pray that Mitchell doesn't get hurt. Yeah, that's the big yeah. question. That's always a big fear. Don't you freaking dare. By the way, their first game is until September 1st on a Sunday um, at 8 o'clock at night. Uh, some of the teams to watch out for, Spain. Yeah. Always puts together a good Dude, team. Spain's going to light that team up. Uh, Pau Gasol is not going to play. Serge Ibaka is not going to play. But they still oh, have really? Mark Gasol, Ricky Rubio, uh, a couple other guys. Uh, team Canada actually should be pretty good. Dude, Serge Ibaka is not playing? No. Oh, thank the Lord. Yeah, we're going to be all right then. We're going to go all the way to the championship. <laughs> Greece. Greece should be pretty good. What's Team Canada look like, man? Team Canada... Uh, Jamal Murray, uh, Corey Joseph, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Oh, jeez. They're going to be coached by Nick Nurse. Is Drake going to be the owner of that team? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so, anyway, that, uh, it, it, it hey, starts what? this week. And what? they need to get down to uh, there's the, the, the player roster, but then there's also the practice roster that some of these other guys are, are participating in. And I think it's a great opportunity for the up-and-coming NBA players what? to be involved in something like this. What happens if they lose? Do they go to the Do they go to the Olympics still or no? Um. Well, they. That's a good question. I think they've qualified. It's just a matter of where they would be seated. Okay, but they'll still go to the Olympics, right? It depends on. I guess it may depend on where they lose and when they lose, oh, and how man. many teams they lose too. That's uh, not great. Okay. So I don't think it's a guaranteed thing, but anyway, uh, it'll be interesting. They'll start practicing this week in Las Vegas. Donovan Mitchell originally looked like he'd just be a, a practice guy, but he's moved up and uh, he may actually get some. Is still his position on the twelve-man roster is not guaranteed. Yeah, but um, I would say it's he, it's pretty darn likely now. With uh, he, may, he might end up making it. Yeah, well, I mean, look. Marcus Smart's a good point guard. I'd still take Donovan Mitchell. I'd actually I'd take Mitchell over I would Kyle take Lowry. Mitchell. I'd, I'd take Mitchell over Smart because I think he's more dynamic. Uh, De'Aaron Fox is a tough bet, but I think that, I mean they're going to take three guards. <laughs> you know they're going to take. I mean they're going to take obviously Walker. They'll take Fox. I I still think they take Mitchell. And I think Mitchell sees a lot of minutes. Hopefully in Vegas. I think Chris Middleton. I think you would want him as oh, a shooter. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good defender. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how, what uh, what this. Team you bring up like. a great point, like the so, defensive yeah. part of it. Look, Darren Fox is going to score, but he can't really guard. So I, you know, maybe that's where Mitchell gets the head above him, because he can score and he can guard on both ends. So and yeah, of course he's getting a high amount of praise from some pretty big NBA stars himself. So I'll help. All right, coming up next here on the uh, full court press, the duos in the NBA. Some of are, are, are new. New places, new destinations, uh, be because of free agency or trades that happened, and how do they compare to the existing great duos in the NBA? We'll discuss that coming up next here on the Full Court Press. A new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Franson, Ajay Salveson, it's the Full Court Press, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan, streaming online, 1069thefan.com. You know, this song always gets me pumped up. You know, you're able to do a great show. I put the eye black on. I, this song just freaking fires me up, man. There was a time when it was really taboo to play this song. Yeah. He, he, he did, the, the artist did some things. Yeah, that were... Shame, shame. Yeah, not yep. good. Yeah, and if you played it, it was like, oh, why do you support that guy? That's the thing is that it's I remember just, it's a great fall, tune. I'm not supporting. Yeah, him. well, no, I remember like last fall we were gonna play this song and he told me not to, and then someone else was listening to our show. I can't say who on the air, but someone else was listening to our show and he texted me and he said, "Dude, Eric's right. You can't play that show. You can't play that song on your show, man. The guy was doing really bad things. But we're playing now, and I hear it in stadiums all the time." 
It's still a great song. Oh, it's an incredible song. No, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't excuse what he did personally. No. But. Michael Jackson was a weird dude, but I <laughs> freaking love listening to Black and White. <laughs> he, he had his issues. <laughs> That's an understatement. All right, best duos in the NBA. Oh, man. Okay, so how do you want to do this? Because I'm excited about this part. Um, let's talk about new duos, and then let's talk about current duos, and then which ones may be better. So the new duos, these are guys that are, are newly paired together. Okay. Whether it be because of trade or free agency or for the Clippers, it happened for both. They got Kawhi Leonard via free agency and Paul George via trade to create a new duo. Okay. So that's, for me, if that's not the best new duo, it's 1A or 1B. Uh, LeBron James, Anthony Davis would be the other one. I think you can debate which was the better duo, which yeah. will be the better duo. I like – I don't put LeBron James and Anthony Davis in the top two. I love Kawhi and Paul George. Paul George was an MVP candidate before Russell Westbrook got selfish. And and with Kawhi Leonard in there and Paul George at the same time, their defensive menaces and their offensive scoring threats. That's such great that two-way is just, players. And by the way, the team they got surrounded with them is just absolutely mean. Uh, the other number two, I'd have Russell Westbrook and James Harden. That, really, they could put fifty up by themselves each. I see. I, I have it on my list, but I just I don't know how it's going to work. You're not the only one who thinks that. I just you are don't not, know how it's going to work. There's a lot of people I've talked to. High, high up NBA archie people who said the exact same thing. I mean, it has potential to be really interesting, but I think this will be more interesting for viewers that don't like Houston. No, I'm with you. Uh, another duo, which we, it's going to take a year to see its in entirety, but Durant and Irving. Yeah, I'm kind of interested to see how that goes. If Irving can actually stay interested and engaged, they could be good. If Irving becomes to be this drama queen, I need attention. Right, if he gets poor out me, after one year, then it's going to turn into an absolute disaster. Another great one. You have to look at Donovan Mitchell and Mike Connolly for the Utah Jazz. Yeah, uh, it's we'll see. We'll see how good this is. But having a playmaker next to Donovan is going to change a lot of things for and a lot of and create a lot of opportunities for Donovan Mitchell as well. Can you think of any other new duos? Uh, you know, I still think... Um, no, actually, I wouldn't even put them in there. Never mind. Yeah. I, Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, I mean, are, have their moments. Okay, so that's a current duo. That's an existing duo. Oh, so you're talking about like... So as a new duo, oh, as okay, a newly okay, I got you, paired... I got you, I got you. No, no. I can't really think of too no, many no. that really stood out to me I beyond think, them. Yeah. And then I want to look at current duos. I think you're right. Uh, I think you look yeah, at Lillard and McCollum. Yeah. They got to be up there really high. Donovan and Rudy, I think, are up there really high together. Interesting. Uh, you know, it's, it's a good that, pick and roll. It is a good duo. And, you know, even Joe Ingles and Rudy Gobert actually is pretty dominant, too. Uh, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry. Beautiful. But I have to put Draymond Green kind of in the mix no, because I, Clay's not really going to be a factor until. No, I, I and I'm with you. But I think I mean you look at I mean when you think Steph Curry, you think Clay Thompson. When you think Clay, you think Steph. That's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, and together, I mean, from a three point line, it's just stupid what they can do. It's almost unfair, man. It really is. Uh, probably, I think one of the best returning duos is in Philadelphia: Joel Embiid yeah. and Ben Simmons. Uh, <clears throat> I don't even have in my top five. And I think Ben Simmons alone erases that. I think Ben Simmons is a horrible basketball player. He can't shoot. He can play okay defense, but I yeah, I felt like Toronto waxed him. I mean, they ate him alive. So, uh, Chris Middleton, Giannis on yes, the yes, 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 ten times. I wish we could have got Chris Middleton over here. I would have took him in a heartbeat. Uh, Porzingis and Doncic. I haven't really seen them that together much. That could be intriguing. But that one could be really interesting. <laughs> that could in be Dallas. really good. That could stir something up in Dallas. They could become a playoff team with that duo alone. Uh, how about DeAndre, or excuse me, uh, DeRozan and Aldridge in San Antonio? Yeah, but Aldridge is so inconsistent, man. DeRozan's there every night. I just feel like Aldridge isn't, though. Have a great night, everybody. Good night. I guess we're still here. <laughs> First night back for doing a two-hour show, and we thought we were supposed to take a break there, but it wasn't hard time like we anticipated. Okay, so let's look back to classic we'll duos. We'll finish our, our duos. There's one more that I want to throw in here that we didn't have time earlier. 
uh, do you consider this duo as a dynamic duo in the NBA? DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker in Phoenix? No. No. Uh-uh. I think they have potential to be there. Sure. But they're not there yet. I mean, I think there's potential for J. Rue Holiday and Zion Williams. True. <laughs> but Fair. we'll see. Fair. Okay. And you want to talk about classic duos? Yeah. Uh, the best one ever, Pippen and Jordan. Best duo ever. Best duo ever. Ooh. I take them over. Would you do that over Stockton and Malone? Oh, heck. Uh, probably <laughs> they what? beat I mean, they Stockton won and six Malone rings. twice. Uh, more than Magic and Kareem? Yeah. 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 Scotty and Michael were on a different level, man. Mikhail and Bird? Mikhail would have got eight and alive by Pippen. Bird would have got eight and alive by Jordan. Yeah. Absolutely. Dude, I'll take Pippen and Jordan over them. I'll take Pippen and Jordan over Clyde Drexler and Danny Ainge. Um, I'll take Pippen and Jordan over Danny Ainge and Charles Barkley. I'll take Pippen and Jordan over Peyton and Kemp. Peyton and Kemp. That was a fun dude. Dude, that was. They that were was wild, dude. That and man, Seattle needs basketball back. I mean, they brought so much fun to that arena. That place was hopping. Oh, jeez. I miss it. Miss good memories right here. I'm enjoying this. Uh, what would, would you put Tim Hardway and Chris Mullen on that list? They were fun to watch, but no. No? Uh, Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki. Ooh, that was a good duo. That was a freaking awesome duo. They had that great Mavericks team that got clubbed by Colton State in 07. But, uh, yeah. Um, who else is it? Man, trying, man this is bringing back some really great memories. Kobe Bryant and Shaq, obviously. Probably one of the better duo. duos ever. Uh, that was incredible too. Um, Shaq Jared, and Shaq Jared and Williams, Penny Hart. Oh yeah, Carlos Boozer. You know what? Okay, you you might laugh, um, but that team was really good, really good back in the day. I'm excited to see what this current Jazz duo looks like. Uh, Stay and, healthy, you're right? And how they how Stay they perform together. Uh, I'm excited for the NBA season. Yeah, Can't get too. here quick enough. Me too. That's going to do it for us tonight. Everybody have for a real. great one. We'll be back tomorrow. Peace out. You asked, begged, and even pleaded. And the heavens heard you. KLGN Logan, 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.